Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Connor O'Gara. Chris, I have a sad announcement to make. <laughs> Sorry, I'm already, I'm already tried. <laughs> it is, you are not treating this the same way that I am. I don't know how to handle funerals. I don't know. Tell me. I don't, I'm sorry. You're not supposed to laugh at a, fru- at a funeral. Rule number one. More like a funeral. Am I right? <sighs> you are wrong. It is with no great pleasure that I deliver some tough news. My predictions are dead. My two hottest summer predictions have gone up to heaven. <laughs> Did they? Uh, they did. They did. Uh, Jalen Hurts played in his fifth game of the year, which ended my prediction that he'd quit the team to preserve a year of eligibility. And that is my prediction that Mississippi State would win 10 games in the first year of the Joe well, Moorhead let's era. let's hold on a second. Well, okay. It's not officially dead, but I did also say that they were going to go 7-1 and one in the SEC. And yeah. One of those predictions is worse than the other one. And I've been telling you since... I'm not going to tell you which one, but I'll just say this. I've been telling you since July that one of them was worse than the other one. The Mississippi State one was maybe, in hindsight, a bit ambitious. I think my head was in the right place, but you know, Your heart was. My yeah, my heart was not my head. Definitely not my head. Um, of course, many people let me know about this on social media, and I didn't want to just come on here and try and act like, oh no, like it's all good. I didn't try and say that and do. <laughs> it's all you know. Good. There, there are a lot of people who would try and deny the that you know what they got caught with their pants down and whoa, what? whoa, whoa! I went there. <laughs> So, you know, I thought it'd be kind of fitting that instead of just letting this be you uh, throwing a baseball at my face while I, you know, basically, you know, remember Butts Up? Remember that game when you were a kid where basically like you had to beat the throw to the wall and then you if you lost, ball? you had to, yeah, wall ball, Butts Up. <laughs> but Butts Up is the Midwest way to say it, I guess, but uh, wall ball, sure. Uh, I didn't want this, <laughs> I didn't want this to basically be that. So I figured I would start with a eulogy. For my takes. I just want to recap real quick. We're three minutes in, two minutes in. You have um, said the following things, that we had a funeral happening, and I'm sure the first minute everyone was like, what is happening? Why is Chris laughing? Why did he call it a funeral? This is uncomfortable. And then you said, (laughs) in the same breath, caught with my pants down and butts up. So I just want everyone to know, Uncle Chris had nothing to do (laughs) with this segment. This is all Connor and how he apparently is going to give a eulogy. Let's, let's start with the eulogy. Let's start with Jalen Hurts. For two months, my hottest take was that he was going to quit the team. I turned my cheek to Twitter trolls after I let that take fly on the Paul Feinbaum show a couple short weeks ago. Somehow, all of the people who trolled me still remember that. Elephants don't forget. That take had many good times, though. Let's, let's not forget about that. Who could forget looking way too far into Jalen Hurts' post-game tweets? and trying to decipher what exactly he meant by them. That was me. We're always going to have the first couple weeks of the season uh, when that take was just living in purgatory. It was in a great place. It really was. I'll never forget the people who flooded my mentions after I made that call and told me how crazy I was. You guys were, you were great. You made this life one worth living. I'm always going to cherish those moments. Well, not really, because they resurfaced again on Saturday after Old Takes Exposed. Tweeted my prediction from Feinbaum. But either way... Rest in peace, Jalen Hurts quitting take. You will be truly missed. I hate goodbyes. It's not goodbye. It's hello. It's hello to the next chapter. All the more takes, don't worry. I don't care. Just get on to the good stuff. Uh, this is the one I'm waiting on. All right. Now, so this is my firstborn son, Mississippi State. We had seven months of happiness together. 
I remember when you were first born. <laughs> um, Before the season started. <laughs> it was actually also on the Paul Feinbaum show, ironically enough. Uh, you, you were a fighter from the very beginning. You had plenty of supporters, too. Plenty of people were rallying behind you. Uh, you didn't hop on the bandwagon. You started the bandwagon. You were the but, bandwagon. But with each Nick Fitzgerald overthrow and every three and out on Saturday night against Florida, the weight of the pressure on the bandwagon was just too much to bear. We were going to travel across the country together. Instead, we never left the driveway. It eats me up inside to know that we'll never see things like October, November, or dare I say, December? Damn sure I ain't gonna see January. You were taken from me far too soon. You died a painful death when Donovan Steiner, Steiner came through untouched and demolished my prediction in one foul swoop. Rest in peace, Mississippi State. Take. I want everyone to know that Connor is wearing a airbrush t-shirt with a picture of Joe Moorhead painted onto it. It says, rest easy, Joe. So I will not confirm or deny that. <laughs> he got it underground Atlanta. Um, proud of you. I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, stuff happens sometimes. And, and things are taken away from us uh, too soon. It's only the good, only the good, terrible die takes young. Die, die young, young I guess. That's some, what I always he, say. Billy Joel said that once. And, yes, he and did. And just like another Elton John song, I got nothing for you. That was, those are some dumb things you said. They were uh, they were on the minds of many. I know many I just, people. Thank you for tweeting at us, um, for reminding us, just in case we somehow forgot to talk about it um, on the pod. Thank you all. You made my Saturday truly one to enjoy. You. you want me to make it better for you? Somebody DM'd SDS Facebook and <laughs> said, it said, Where's that fat ass that picked Bama to or picked uh, Mississippi State to cover seven points today on national television? And he was referring to me on the Facebook Live. Wow. It's <laughs> like, well, you don't understand how spreads work, one, and what national television is, Ricky. So if you're out there, Ricky, which I'm sure you're not, you're probably yelling into a cardboard box that you think is a TV. I'm sorry for me offending you. Go Gator. You did actually um, make me feel better for that, so thank you. Well, I didn't um, say anything that crazy, but <laughs> let's let's start with uh, with the Mississippi State Florida uh, call it a defensive struggle. I give all the credit in the world to Florida. I, I have been waiting for a long time to finally feel like Florida actually beat a quality team. And going into that game, you know what? I thought Mississippi State was a quality team, and I'm not going to take away from Florida because that defense was ready to go. They made Mississippi State's passing offense look like it was out like a JV What's that? team. They it have was, one of those. I apparently, I, I don't know. I've just heard rumors of it. But Connor, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and let I'm gonna let you in on a secret. And I know that you're a great guy. All right, you're the, one of the most genuine, nice people, nice people I know. It's a great pink shirt you got on right now. It's, it's hard. salmon, but thank it's you. It's salmon. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to give it to you straight from someone that's been watching college SEC football from down here in in the gullet of... If, if what you're about to say is Nick Fitzgerald is not an accurate passer, and I should have oh, known no, that no, before no. this year. Oh, no, no, no. It's going to be way, okay. way more rude than that. Okay, I figured. Um, no, I, being as someone that's been down here my whole life, in, in, in the midst of, right in the thick of things in the SEC, what you saw on Saturday is just what Mississippi State is. That is who they are, that is who they always have been, and that is what they still will be for the next year or so until Joe Moorhead gets things going. It's sad to say, and I'm sorry if that offends people, but the truth of the matter is 
They had all this hype. They had all this preseason hype, and they were praising everyone, patting them on the back. And then you start looking at the stats, and you're like, wait, really? They're going to be the team that knocks up Alabama, even though they haven't beat Alabama and got beat by like 53 points Never said that. two years ago? Never said that. No, I'm let's, not saying let's... you did. I'm saying in general. And then you're like, they're the ones that are going to beat Auburn and LSU and all these other teams, even though Nick Fitzgerald's never completed more than 58% of his passes? And Killed then, LSU last year at home, but just saying. Sure, yeah. I can't wait for that game this year. Oh, so. gosh. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, a complete and total bloodbath. Uh, one touchdown in the first eight quarters of SEC play for Joe Moorhead's offense. That's not passing touchdown. That's just touchdown. They were stuck on six points. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with zero on that one. Uh, Florida's man coverage was dominant. Man, Mississippi State did not have a chance to complete a pass. It seemed like every time Nick Fitzgerald threw, and even when he did have an open receiver, he's just not accurate Florida's enough. Florida's defense and is, is different with, with Reese and C.C. Jefferson back. Those secondary was lights out. They were they were incredible. I mean, like I said, the last that sack was such a fitting end to that game. It came in from like twenty five. I was gonna say down. he came in from twenty five yards untouched, right? <laughs> I don't know how does Nick Fitzgerald not see that. He was that? looking right at him. <laughs> I I have no idea. That play baffled me because everybody in the world was like, "Hey, Nick, that guy look, that's look coming up. right there, untouched." I said, Nick, Nick. Moved. Take a step to the left, maybe a step to the right. That, I don't know. Like he's like hitting a ball out of like out of like the sand. He's like, hold on, let me get a better angle here. And it's like you're aiming at a tree, right? He sees the tree. He sees the tree, and it's then there. he just hits the tree, and it goes right back and hits him in the nuts. That being said, if you really want something funny to to brighten up your day, our buddy Luke Del Rio retweeted this today, and it's a it's a video of that sack with the sound of the water boy. <laughs> That's good. I was dying. That's really good. Uh, credit credit Felipe Franks, who I thought played the best game of his career. I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. I have been I have said on multiple occasions I am not a Felipe Franks believer. I was a believer in that he was the better quarterback, no doubt about it. Yeah. On Saturday night, there was no question that the spots that he was that he was fitting some of those balls into was incredible. And I, you know, the interception, yeah, he put too much mustard on that. Sure. But it's in a, a game in which against. he, right, exactly. I mean. Yeah, it played really well on the road in a, an extremely hostile environment. Those cowbells were—I've never heard anything like that watching it's, a game on TV. I, first thing, first thing I heard, and the game comes on. Allie's sitting next to me, my fiance. She goes, she goes, ugh, what is that? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, what's that noise? And I was like, cowbells. And she's like, that is literally the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, I don't want to hear sound for the next day. Yeah, my wife basically said the same exact thing. It was, but, I mean, game. what an environment! And like, if you were going into it that this game was going to be, that Florida was going to be ahead for most of the game, if not the whole game, and Felipe Franks was going to be attempting thirty-one passes, I'd be like, I will put all the money, all the money, yep, on Mississippi State. It was a very impressive that was, game by him. Very, very impressive. Dan Mullen, a big, big time win to go back into Stark Vegas. And actually do something that, you know what, we weren't really talking about a whole lot in the offseason. It seemed like this was a game that Mississippi State was going to be able to impose its will. And at the line of scrimmage, that didn't happen. Jeffrey Simmons and Montez Sweat held without a tackle for loss. That was a big surprise. Gator offensive line, got to give them a lot of credit for being able to play on the road like that. And you know what, Cole Kubelak had the quote before the game about how that game meant so much more for the Mississippi State players and all that. You couldn't tell from watching that game. That's how it's called out Cole because obviously my take was a billion times worse. But no, but it's I'll nice give... to know that other people are wrong too. Exactly. And I, if I'm going to be wrong, I'm going to take a few people down with me. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, I love the tweet after the game that Florida had, the Go Gators with the uh, the cowbell, the Will Ferrell. 
uh, clanging it. That yeah. was that was pretty good. It was that impressive. Was good. It was an impressive victory. And it really was. And it's much it's much that joke around about Mississippi State. They haven't turned the corners of program yet. I mean, hats off to what you you kind of did. It's as bad as your prediction was. You hit the nail on the head with the early season and first year struggles that this offense is going to be going yep. under or going through under Joe Moorhead. And it's the same thing that happened at Penn State before. Excuse me, before he was able to come in and kind of fix those and like iron out those wrinkles. Penn State did go two and two to start off the the 2016 season, and then one out in the regular season. One Look at them now; they're losing to other teams too. So, <laughs> Mississippi State is is not going to do that. That team is a long ways away. Yeah. With all due respect, I think it's going to be a, a rough go, and we'll talk more about that later with, uh, about the Auburn matchup. But Florida actually deserves to be ranked now. How about that? Florida yeah, gets into cool. the AP top 25. Tip deserves it. Yeah, tip of the cap to Florida, now in the top 25, and that LSU game is looking so much more interesting than what yeah. we thought maybe three, four weeks ago. I'm so, so glad that you messed up, though, because, I mean, I had a rough <laughs> one yesterday. I um, I wrote Ozark. I, I had a tweet about Ozark during the Tennessee Yeah, the Georgia show that game. you can't stop talking about. I can't stop talking about it. I've been tweeting about it all week, spelling it correctly. Then the one day I have to do work for my job job and on Twitter, not the one day, but you know what I mean, the most important day, game day, I spelled mm-hmm. Ozark with two A's. Luckily, you came, wow. you came through. Looking like a bigger idiot than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I always got your back when it comes that to that. Speaking, speaking of, of me looking like an idiot, Jalen Hurts played in the first game of the Alabama game. Uh, first first quarter of the Alabama game because, uh, yeah, Tua basically uh, set the world on fire. Uh, poor Louisiana. Never had a chance for no. even a second in that game. Totally it was 28 nothing basically. They did cover the spread. They did cover the spread. It looked improbable, but they somehow covered the spread in See that one. See what the over-under was, Connor? Want to talk about it? Was it, se- was it 72? No, it was 66 and a half. 66 and a half. Bama went up to a 50-point favorite before that game, too. Yeah. Yeah, wait, wait, hold on. Wait, what was the final? It was 56 to 14. Okay, never mind. For some reason, I thought it was it was the total. Yeah, one by 42, okay, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, that's fine. Yeah, one by a billion points. But Jalen Hurts plays in the first quarter, and immediately I had everybody from Alabama who remembered that I said that he was going to uh, play only four games and quit the team, of course, tweeted at me. So thank you for all of those. I really appreciate it. I had I, I thought, like, I, if you came up with a somewhat creative response to me, I tried to give you a little bit of something. Like, somebody tweeted at me, um, oh, hope you enjoyed that humble pie and that crow. And I was like, well, not really about the crow, sure, but the pie okay. tasted good. Yeah, yeah that's big, nice. I like pie, um, so that's that's cool. Uh, and then at people one point are yesterday like, in that game, at the end of the third quarter, I just want to throw this out there. Um, Tua's QBR was three hundred and sixteen point nine. Can't even count that high. Jalen's QBR was two eighty seven point nine, and Mac Jones, the third string quarterback, came in and completed one pass for ninety four yards and a touchdown, and his QBR was twelve sixteen point nine. All right, stop giggling. You're getting, just, you're embarrassing yourself now. Um, let's, you're, you're cackling now. That game is is awful. That game should have never happened, especially should have never happened this late in the season. It was ridiculous. Anyway, tell us about hot sauce, would you? Yeah, of course, guys. Every week on the podcast, we do a little Q and A with our listeners here called Fourth and Wrong. Uh, one question I get almost every single week, Chris, why are you the way that you are? You know, the other question a, I get a lot a is... That's a big-time question. Yeah, and, and, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out. But another question I get a lot is, what is your go-to tailgate food? And what do I always say? Every single week, I try to think of an eloquent way to say, I don't care as long as it's something paired with Texas Pete hot sauce or doused in it, and mainly doused. That's right. I don't know how to spell that word, but I know how it, it tastes on my food. There's mm-hmm. that. Fried chicken. Yup. Potato salad. Yup. 
that buffalo chicken dip your Anna's been bringing for 17 years straight to the tailgate. Yup, all the above. Guys, I have it on my eggs every morning. It's what burns the pan. Actually, I think it's just me because I don't know how to cook. But Yeah, how do you not know how to cook I eggs, know, I mean, by the I way? Just, I, don't, I get so excited. But, like, I'm telling you right now, get some Colby Jack cheese, get some Texas Pete, and some eggs. Mix it all together. Oh, my God. You know what else is good? Have you ever done the... This is a. I, I learned about this moving to moving to the South. Orlando presents itself as the South, even Absolutely though it's not. not okay. There's a there's a bubble around Orlando, and it's not really the South. Yeah. But I get immersed with some southern on, southern just, culture. Just uh, so chicken chicken and waffles with yeah. the, the hot sauce and the syrup, really really good. I yeah. would never think to do that, but I learned this morning. I went to Homegrown, one of my favorite spots in Atlanta. Had some comfy chicken. First thing I did, it's it's an open faced chicken biscuit, with some gravy on top. First thing I did. I didn't douse it, but a little dab. A little dab will do ya with the Texas Pete. If you can't stand the Pete, get out of the kitchen, y'all. I pair it with everything. If you're looking for a way to kick up your menu while you're tailgating or just overall food options in general this fall, head on over to texaspete.com backward slash tailgate. They've got amazing recipes that aren't just good. They're simple, they're fast, and they're absolutely great. And don't forget to pick up a bottle of Texas Pete hot sauce at your local store before this week's game day. Because nothing makes game day better than Texas Pete. Sorry, Down South podcast. Yes, nothing. Um, You can drown your sorrows in as much alcohol as you want. Drop some in your eyeballs. Get rid of the tears. Is that how that works? (laughs) The Saturday Down South podcast is, of course, brought to you by Texas Pete. The 2018 season, I feel like, is brought to us by Benny Snell. Yeah. I I feel like we can can make that uh, assertion. Kentucky wins against South Carolina convincingly, basically – slapped Vegas in the face and said, how dare you make us an underdog at home starting off? Uh, I know that Kentucky ended up as a favorite in this one, but uh, wins this game convincingly. Now 3-0 and in the SEC for the first time since, of course, 1977. Uh, just dominated Jake Bentley. was a hell of a year. Man, I, there were very, very fun times. I remember so I was caught my pants down playing butts up. That, that year's a tough one. We'll go on. Never I'm never going to live that down, am I? Uh, Jake Bentley was just... In trouble all night, it seemed like. Josh Allen, once again, had his number. I, I feel bad for any quarterback that has to play against Josh Allen because what do he, you do? His draft stock. Like, I said it to you last night, and you ignored me, which is probably good because it's after 9 o'clock, and there's no telling. But, like, Josh Allen, is he the best player in the SEC? Maybe he might be the best defensive player in the SEC. He really might be. And, and, and that's not taking anything away from Devin White, but good God. I mean, the past two weeks, and these are games that, like, I get they had to play Florida. That's a huge, huge obstacle and hurdle they had to get over as a program, not only a team, but a program. But the past two weeks, against all odds, when they had these big-time games, close, close matchups, you thought, this kid, when they needed the most, stepped up, and he has just been an absolute machine. He's so good in the fourth quarter, too. I mean, I think that's that's what's most impressive is that – it, the the more you, you feel like, okay, we can finally settle into an offensive rhythm, here Josh Allen just comes right. rushing off the edge and just blowing up in your blind side. again. It's it's every time. And even, what was it against Mississippi State, where he only had one sack, but you're like, okay, he definitely took over the game. Right, right. And then you look at the Florida game, again, dropping back in pass coverage. He like on, I think I was on the two-point conversion. He was the one like deflecting the pass out of the back of the end zone. He's, and he's been incredible to watch this year. If he was wearing an Alabama or a Georgia uniform, it would be. I mean, I, in my in my opinion, there's no doubt in my mind that when the you know, the midseason All America teams come out, he will be on that yeah. team. But if he was wearing an Alabama or a Georgia uniform right now, that the, the national buzz about him would be incredible. Yeah, they would be. It would be unbelievable. But I, I think that's kind of cash. 
Yeah, so that's, we got to talk about this because the Cash Daniel ejection was something that we've been waiting to see. So weak. Um, not necessarily a play that maybe five years ago would have been ejected for. Um, but you, the best part about that wasn't that, okay, we're going to sit here and argue about whether or not this targeting. The best part was that we knew he was going to go out like he was in WWE oh and he was going to wave to the crowd and treat this and soak every bit of attention that he could in that moment, and that's exactly what he did. Okay, and here's another thing, and I want to know this. He's a senior, right? Sure. He's been there for four years, I would assume. Why, why have we not had a single clip or a single stadium entrance of him coming out, shirt off, like the Ultimate Warrior, like war paint on his face, Neon armbands just flying in the wind, and him sprinting full speed, leading the team out of the tunnel. How's that not happened? That's a shame on all of us, but shame on you, Kentucky. It's not all going to be praise this week. Everyone's patting you on the back. You're five and zero. Oh. Why have you cheated us to this? I have no answer for that question. I'm on it. Now that you bring it up, I'm I'm getting mad just just thinking about being robbed of that opportunity. He, I mean, the, the his it, exit was more intense than the hit. Oh, absolutely, no doubt about it. I mean. Between he, Jordan Jones, and Josh Allen, that is the craziest group of linebackers, maybe in America, just in terms of you have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. Jordan Jones is an unhinged dude. I mean, when he gets going, I would not want to be a ball carrier with him barreling Those, like, down. Those stupid that... like, animal like road warrior pads with like the spikes coming out of them, I, like, I feel like they would all play with those. Yes, and without they a helmet, too, like, who cares? It's fine. Whatever. Whatever, dude. We're just boys. <laughs> okay. Uh, offenses are, are playing feared against Kentucky. Jake Bentley struggled all night. Uh, Debo Samuel was held to two catches in this game. I don't know how that happens, but um, not necessarily a good look for South Carolina to now be sitting there at 1-2 and two, uh, in the SEC East, a team that we were talking about as being the second-place <laughs> team in that division. That is no longer the case. Yep. Kentucky easily has that. Um, is it, it, here's here's what I want to talk about with Kentucky because this came out today uh, with the Associated Press poll, and my first thought was, man, at number thirteen, I still think Kentucky's underrated. Is that crazy? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Think about it though. So Kentucky is sitting there undefeated at five and zero, three and zero in the SEC. All three teams that they beat in the SEC have spent time in the AP Top Twenty Five, mm-hmm. and they are still behind three one-loss teams. Right. So here's what I'm going to say. If you're looking at the who who are the one loss teams are behind? So they're Auburn, they're sitting behind Auburn, Penn State. they're sitting behind Washington and Penn State. Yeah. Do you think three. that any of those three teams would lose to Kentucky? That's not what it's about. No, though, that is what it's you, about. No, 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 <laughs> that, no, no. no, no. Here's, here's what bothers me. Here's what bothers me because you have to. It's it's part resume, but also you you have to kind of throw some of your preseason notions out the window. Oh, oh if, okay. Look, wow, look at you turning over a new leaf today. No, I. You, hey, we had a funeral. We celebrated the death of my takes. <laughs> I'm, I'm moving on. So here's here's what bothers me about this because I think that if you compare Kentucky's resume to any of those one-loss teams, they have better wins and they still have lost. Do you think they would beat either of those, any of those three teams? Because that's what rankings are. Has I think Kentucky. Resume. This is going to sound crazy, but if you put Kentucky and Auburn on a neutral field right now, I think I might take Kentucky. Now that isn't that crazy. I don't think they beat Washington. I don't think they beat Penn State. I, I, so here's here's the issue for me. Their defense is legit. Like, their defense is legit. What worries me is how are they going to play on the road and against a, a, not only a hostile environment, because they already went to the swamp, and we know what happened there, but how are they going to play on the road um, 
against a they got AM this this right, upcoming week. A fully healthy, like balanced attack. Team that respects you. It's different now. Are, they don't have the target. They don't they don't have a target on someone else's back. They have the target on themselves. We're gonna find out in a hurry, but can you picture if Kentucky gets through this? If, if they could some if they get out of college station with a win, they gotta buy the following week. Oh, man. They got they got Vandy at home after that. We could be talking about Going into the final week of October, an undefeated Kentucky team. Okay, which means we could also be talking about November 3rd. November 3rd against Both Georgia. Both divisions being settled in Bama, LSU, and, and Kentucky and Georgia. Man. And Kentucky, that. Georgia, obviously getting the primetime 8 o'clock start. Moving up Bama, LSU to the noon kick, because it's not as important. <laughs> I mean, but like this is yeah, it's crazy. It's I mean, it's it's crazy, and and I'm not trying to take anything away from Kentucky, and I hope Benny Snell's listening, so I can keep just feeding fuel to that fire of Benny the Bandit. You remember that episode? Because he that's that's all he does is like he feeds off of like negativity. Like that's like what motivates him. But that episode, you know what? Let's not get into it. Let's be a boy meets world reference. I don't, I don't think we need it right now. But okay, we'll save it for later. We'll save it for later. It's in my back pocket. That being said, Team Topanga. Yeah, <laughs> always. I don't think he is going to be able to sustain the level of success that he's having right now. And Terry Wilson, he looked better last night. They need to get him out on the edge and get him in space more. I don't know if he is going to be able to continue. like Because like the last great team at Kentucky, I'd say it's 2007, probably. That's the last time they were ranked that right. high. They were ranked 17th. They beat LSU at home. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep this up the whole season and just rely on that defense. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I think, you know, we're not seeing necessarily Benny Snell run for like eight, nine yards carry or something right. like that. But I do think right now that Kentucky is a team that's that's feeling itself yeah. as much as anyone in the country and not playing like a team that's scared, not playing like a, an underdog. Who knows when this is going to catch up, if this is going to catch right. up, or if Kentucky is just going to be a top 25 team all year. I think if they were just hitting on a few big chunk plays and getting lucky here and there, yeah. but they're dominating teams. Yeah. It's not just like they're winning by a touchdown and getting by. They beat three of those, all three of those teams. They won by double digits. Right. Yeah. And it's in like, and yesterday you talk about that, that game against, there's a stat I gave off on the Facebook Live that morning, on Saturday morning, and it was about um, in games where Cal- South Carolina was favored or an underdog by three points or less. So otherwise, basically an even matchup, a very close matchup between them and like another school. And I think there were six total games that they, they played like that under Muschamp. They were five and one. So against evenly matched teams, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And lo, you know, lo and behold, Kentucky just goes out there and just dominates from the get-go. I mean... The East is much different than what we thought it was going to be already, with the exception maybe of Georgia being the best team in the East. I'm still not going to say that Kentucky is going to go on in the same field as Georgia and win. I think it's much more interesting than we thought, obviously. But uh, Georgia did not look great. In that game against Tennessee where Georgia comes in as a 31-point favorite, and that game was 24-12 with five minutes left. And I did not expect to see that at all. I thought after what they did against Mizzou last week, I thought they would be better running the ball. I thought they would impose their will a little bit more offensively, and that did not happen. They had a couple late touchdowns to make that game look less close than it was. But I came away from that thinking that Georgia looked a little bit desperate offensively and was trying to make all these tweaks in the middle of the game, rotating offensive linemen in and out in the middle of the series, even at Justin Fields coming in in a 10-0 game in the middle of the second quarter. And I, I thought that was that was an interesting move yeah. to make if you're Jim Chaney, but 
Uh, Georgia's running game is not where it was last year. Yeah. That that much we definitely know. This this unit has a long way to go, and they're still trying to figure out what works. Brian Harrion was in at the end of the game trying to pick up key first downs when he's got DeAndre eight Swift and, left in the fourth quarter, like on on key drives. Yeah, I I, I thought that was. Uh, I mean, obviously you'd rather do that in a win as opposed to trying to right. rally back from down a touchdown, but. That was kind of a tough thing to see for, for Georgia. And give Tennessee a lot of credit yeah. because a lot of people are talking about, you know, after the cold Corte Sapp thing with, with Tennessee against Florida, is Tennessee going to quit on Jeremy Pruitt? Right. And is this going to be a weeding out thing where he just has guys who don't even want to put in the effort? Right. And they put in the effort. And it made him emotional after the game on Saturday. So we don't want to take away anything from no, what no. Tennessee did because that was a much better effort than we what I thought we'd get. But Georgia, th- that, that, that to me was not a complete all-around effort right. and what we expected to see. And it was them. great to see, from the Tennessee standpoint, it was great to see the fact that, like, what I kept saying before that game was, Tennessee's better. Tennessee's not good, or where they want to be, or where they, I mean, where they're going to be with, with Jeremy Pruitt. But they are a lot better than what they showed against Florida. And they're a lot better than that, that point differential that they had against them, losing by that many points to a rival, the six turnovers and how inept they look on offense. They're a lot better than that. I think they showed that, which was great to see. But Georgia is... I think we we might have been a little bit premature on where we thought bit. Yep. like that that program or that team was, and just automatically assumed that just like hey you know Bama's third year under Saban they got to a national championship and in you know and it looked like under Kirby they were a year early, and they did lose a lot of seniors and all that kind of stuff. And I think where that really has showed up is not in the production as much as it is in the leadership and discipline. This is an undisciplined football team. It is, yeah. And it rears its head at the ugliest and worst of times. Yeah, this is a uh, a Georgia team. Who was it? I think it was uh, was it DeAndre Walker. I want to yep. say who Kirby Smart chewed out, showed on the the big screen. <laughs> made him watch it. <laughs> made him watch it. That was such a great classic Kirby. Look at look at what you just did. Don't tell me this. Uh, I, I wish more coaches would do that. Uh, but yeah, this is to me Georgia is not going to be uh, that top two, top three right. team, or at least look the part in, until they can start imposing their will, running the ball, and figuring out what their offensive identity is. I know De- DeAndre Swift has been a little bit banged up to start the year, but Elijah Holyfield got off to a great start in that Tennessee game, and then he was sort of bottled up down yeah. the stretch. But, and you're just trying to wonder like where where are these big chunk plays going to come from? Because well, it seemed a little bit too much three yards in a cloud of dust. Let's also let's also take it a step back and every. Everything I just said about Georgia, I totally get it. They're they're not as disciplined as I think they should be. I think they do lack in that department. However, this is a rivalry game. This is a rivalry game against a team that a lot of times has I've I've been there in the stands watching them ruin a Georgia season. 2004 when they ranked number three in the country and they lost 24 to like nine or some crap like that. I think it was something like that. Um, but I've I've watched this a lot of times when you watch a Tennessee team come in even when they when Georgia's the favorite. And just, you know, blow the doors off of Georgia or ruin a season for them. That being said, this is not what's happening now in Athens. And this is a 26-point win against a rival. So as, as many things there are to work on for UGA, they still look pretty damn good. And I still say they're, they're going to go undefeated in the regular season. I, I'll, I'll disagree with that, uh, and we'll get to that later. It's the same prediction that, that I've had for, for a little bit now. Well, because have been on the, a roll, so... I know, yeah. You should take all my takes so seriously. <laughs> so let's uh, let's let's look at the, the question about the East right now because, as I said, the East is different than what I thought it was going to be, what we thought it was going to be, what many thought it was going to be. The East is sitting there with three teams in the top 25. That's not including South Carolina. That's not including Mizzou. That's Georgia. That's obviously Kentucky. And then Florida sneaked its way in, deservedly so. 
Is it crazy to suggest that now with the East at 2-0 and against the West, both thanks to Mississippi State, right. is it crazy to even think about the possibility that the East could be better than the West this year? No. Thanks a lot. No, it's not crazy. State. No, it's not. I mean, it's yeah. not. And, 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 he, and here's why. And the thing is, LSU, you have three SEC West teams that are in the top eight. In the right. Entire Nobody's country. denying that. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and they be, and they better not. That's the thing. You better not. Bama looks really good. They haven't played anyone, so I mean, do they look that good? LSU has really surprised some people so far, but a lot of this has to do with the fact of where we, uh, like you said earlier, and kind of getting rid of your preconceived preseason notions and, and thoughts of where a team is. A lot of this has to do with the fact that who we thought they would be before the season, and I think that's kind of helped teams like LSU. It obviously is the same for Alabama. But when you look at a team like Auburn, I'm starting to really wonder, because I thought that was the third-best team in the conference. And I thought, even up until Saturday morning, I thought it was a team that could get to nine wins and still be a top-ten team in the country, just had a difficult schedule. They don't look good. And I was dumbfounded that Auburn moved up in the AP poll. I could not believe that they moved up two spots. Yeah, and, and when, you said, when you said out loud well, with um, recording devices around uh, and, and an audience that we love <laughs> and adore – uh, and appreciate when you said Kentucky on a neutral field could beat Auburn. That is one of the most asinine things Chris from two days ago would have ever heard. But that's not yep. that's not crazy to think. I'm starting to believe that more and more. I think the Kentucky defense against the inexperience of the Auburn uh, offensive line would would actually hang around very very well. Um, is that's, is that's Auburn lucky? And is Bama lucky? And Auburn and LSU are they all lucky? They don't have to go through Lexington this year. Is that a thing I mean, we have to say out loud? Let's talk I mean, about Lex, baby. Boom. I just want to get that reference back in there. Uh, so you would look at it and you would say, all right, UGA and Bama, I would still give Bama the edge in that, especially after what we've seen yeah. from, from Georgia the past couple of weeks. Kentucky against LSU, I think is actually really, really interesting. I'm I'm not okay. sold that LSU at a neutral site would walk away with that. I think that'd be a lot closer than we thought even two days ago. Okay, real quick, side note. This is not important, but we're going to say it anyway because who cares. LSU, Kentucky, would you rather watch that game or a no-holds-barred 60-minute match between Cash Daniel and Ed Orgeron? What? That's what should decide That's, the whole damn SEC, to be honest. I'm, I'm all for it. Let's, let's do it. Uh, speaking of no-holds-barred, Jimbo Fisher decided to go all Bobby Knight on Tyrell Dodson. Uh, the play that was captured uh, on, on camera <laughs> was him basically grabbing Terrell Dodson's face mask. Yeah. And um, it was after a play in which Terrell Dodson was um, engaged in some extracurriculars. And uh, Jimbo, basi- <laughs> Jimbo basically said to him, uh, apparently after the game, Jimbo said, make the play and shut your mouth. And then uh, Terrell Dodson tweeted after, he said, I'm in. Coach Fisher is an amazing coach. He did the right thing. I let my emotions get the best of me at that certain moment. My teammates and this university needs me. That's why he was so upset. He'll have my back no matter what. Ags win. Emoji. Thumbs up. Can we just take a second? Can we just take a second collectively? Because the out, out or outrage and uproar that this caused, which is partially my fault because I'm the one that posted it on SDS, but the uproar and outrage that this caused and people flipping out about how this is inappropriate and a coach shouldn't have done that, all that aside, how about this young man, a millennial, a player, and the, the victim, in quotes, of, of what this happened to, stepping up and saying that he's fine with it. it was, he, he owned up to the mistake he made and moving on. What a mature kid. 
That was. I love in that. a moment where he was, I mean, I, I think this is the right verb, but embarrassed. Yeah. On national television. I think it's fair to say that. Um, in a moment where Got he could have made a down. big. St- yeah. <laughs> God, too many references to that today. Uh, in a moment with a first-year coach where he could have just said, you know what, I'm a star. I could just take my talents elsewhere. Your name's Jimbo. You like, don't talk to me like that. That's not <laughs> even a real name. <laughs> Is that national championship ring even real? Right. Uh, no, I, I thought the response from it w- was great. It's obviously not something that Jimbo can do on a repeated basis. You, you can't do that in this day and age. You just you can't do that and expect to get away with it. You you get paid way too much money to make a mistake like that. Jimbo messed up. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, it wasn't something that people that's worth saying. Oh, he should be fired or oh, let's let's freak out. But at the same time, like you just can't do that. Face masks are they really are so um, instrumental in controlling a player's body. <laughs> I had no idea. You can't go anywhere without <laughs> you can. it. Yeah. Um, there is, I remember, I remember Gene Stallings is still a player way in the early 90s on Prince Wembley. I've seen this before. My coach, I remember one time my coach pulled my hair and was like, you're going to get a haircut? You look like a blank. And you look like a girl. You do. Basically. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's short now. But I mean, like you, you're you're young, and it was I handled that in like the worst way possible because I was young and immature and all kind of stuff. I thought it was great. I thought it was great that, that he handled it this way. And yeah, Jimbo, don't do it again. Whatever, heat of the moment. But is this any different than Saban slapping AJ McCarron? That was like that was praised and laughed about, and it was they had it on ESPN. It was like, Haha, remember that time Coach Saban assaulted AJ on the sideline? Oh, that's just Coach. Yeah, I hate to say it, but there are certain coaches who would not be able no. to get away with that. And assault and there was a are joke. Certain, Don't freak out. Like, picture if 2017 Jim McElwain is <laughs> I mean, he basically, he basically did. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta, <laughs> Can you picture what our reaction would be like right now if Jim McElwain... Just coming down by the left-handed mask. with like a, just a limp like slap on his face. Yeah, that'd be terrible. <laughs> oh, what, yeah, that's, that's, that's rough. I don't want to laugh about a superior using physical force no, to get no. someone's inte- someone's attention like that. It, it can happen, but at the same time, I thought Dodson's response to this is going to make us ultimately forget about this yeah. in a week. Jimbo will learn an important lesson of yeah, you should probably take it easy. Even though yes, your player was in the wrong and he needed right. to be learn he needed to learn a lesson, but there are other ways to do it than that. Yeah. So let's let's move on from that. Look at us all growing up. We're we're adults, man. We're we are adults, or at least we pretend to be adults. Landsharks had no chance against Joe Burrow. Oh. That much we found out in a hurry. Right Joe Burrow was lights week. out. 292 yards passing, three touchdown passes. Oh, and nine rushes for 96 yards and a touchdown. Joe Burrow for Heisman. Can we get it going right I'm now? I'm the one that said it in September. All right, August, well, you about said the it end of September. Something like God, that. Maybe your even July. suck compared to mine, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Burrow completes... 18 of 25 passes in this game. Good for you, Joe Burrow. My throw. There's no slump buster like an Ole Miss defense slump buster. That is just man. man. It, there's an asterisk. There is an asterisk because it is the Ole Miss defense, and as we know, Land Sharks not very good at swimming backwards. At least that's what we're told. Is that a thing? I, sharks don't swim backwards. Okay. All right. I don't know a lot about sharks. Coach O, is it time? Can you please, can you please educate us? Because there are a lot of people, Ole Miss fans included, when we were at the Bama Ole Miss game, and there were people who did not like the fact that Josh Jacobs had the Landshark touchdown celebration and then said, how dare you mock us? So I think we need to educate people 
on sharks, land sharks, whatever they are. It, Can you please share your expertise? Do you want me to get them to come in here? Is it time for Coach O for Ed Talks? It, it's time. It's time. Hey, Coach. All right. Do you stop eating that baby food and come over here, please? All right, he's coming. All right. Don't, 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 don't. How about go tiger? Let me tell you something. Big Cole. We have a big old game. We have a big old win. Two dang go hand in hand. Am I right? Old man come to town. Uh, and, and, and in the topic uh, this week, Ed Talk, that uh, has spawned all the uh, edu- education I'm going to get to y'all about sharks. I never heard of a land shark. I about laughed my ass off when I heard of a tiger shark. Oh, you know that tiger shark, Connor? Tiger shark. Who would have thought? That can't, that can't be that mascot. That, can't, that would not go well down in Austin. Uh, I don't know a lot about sharks. Apparently they can swim backwards. I can't swim backwards. I barely float. But here are a few things about sharks you want to know. They're a big-eye, six-gill shark. Tiger shark. Bull shark. Great white shark. Hammerhead shark. Hammerhead shark got big old eyes spread apart. Look like the Kim Baby Tumbo. Uh... What other kind of shark they got? They got black tip reef shark, blue shark, gray reef shark, red reef shark, blue gray, blue gray shark. That one kind of shark. Now, I know I ain't teaching you a lot about shark, but just know this. One thing a shark can't do, can't swim backward. Another thing can't do, get in a fight with a tiger and come out victorious. I think we all learned that. I think we all learned something about ourselves. Go tiger. That was beautiful, coach. That was, Coach, thank you so much. We we really do appreciate you joining us every single week. The fact that you're so willing to take time out of your day and bless us with your expertise, I, I can't say enough good things about you. And f- f- we're, we're going to keep you, have, having you come on every every Sunday for the, for the rest of the year. Please, please I mean, keep winning and Tiger Shark, though, no, come on. <laughs> Tiger Shark, come on now. you got to be kidding me. Oh boy! I, I kept my silence that entire time. Aren't you proud of me? Coach, we gotta figure um, out something about you eating all my food every time you're over here. Seriously. Too much. Uh, LSU uh, is sitting pretty right now in the top five after a convincing win against Ole Miss. Um, this is that's going to segue into double down time. We're going to double down on some predictions. We already talked about our bad predictions. We don't need to spend any more time on that. <laughs> Let's talk about some predictions that we've had since the beginning of the season that now with a month into the season, we can sit here and say, yeah, you know what? Let's do it. Double down. I'm splitting. I'm splitting aces. That's how the kids do it, what? right? No. <laughs> yeah, blackjack, right? It, it, for you, it'd be splitting tens. You don't, yeah, you'd split aces. That's fine. Split eights every time. Know that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'll i pretend to, to know what that means, but let's, let's double down with some predictions. Ever, ever, ever at a casino, they will announce as loudly as possible, Splitting tens just to embarrass you. It's like Jimbo grabbing your face mask. You learned about tigers not being able, or not tigers, but sharks not being able to swim backwards, and I learned about Vegas stuff today. So. Look at us helping each other out. <laughs> a win is a win is a win. My double down prediction, my first one, is Coach O, of course. I'm really fired up, and I'm such hey, a believer be. now. Um, LSU is going to beat Georgia at home in a couple weeks. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I've been saying that. I said it in my crystal ball predictions, one of the very few things that actually looks better since the season has started. Yeah. But I just I think that the run, and this is, this is what's going to cost Georgia, the run that Georgia has had to come into this game, 
playing games in a, a five-week or four-week stretch against Middle Tennessee, Mizzou, Tennessee, and Vandy. With all due respect to Mizzou, who hung with Georgia better than I thought it would, that's that's not a, a necessarily none of those teams are on LSU's level, and I think elevating yeah. to get on LSU's level in Tiger Stadium, I think it's still going to be too difficult of a task. I think LSU first massive home game of the year. I I think that the Tigers are going to be so ready to go for that one, and yeah, I think that's that that ends up being UGA's lone regular I, season loss. I just pray that some, and I'm trying to look at it right now. I'm sorry, it's one away from the mic. I pray that somehow this becomes a night game in Death Valley, because can it be flexed to it? No, because they're going to do that for Bama, uh, LSU. But Damn. if LSU gets into this game undefeated, I mean, this is a, this is an offense that we've talked about its struggles, and it's weird because when you look at it, it's, it's a team that maybe two weeks ago, when you look at each team, their their identities, or at least the identities that we've given them or the media has given them, have kind of changed and kind of reversed, mm-hmm. and, and they've they've taken on their counterpart. In terms of, you know, last night, LSU put up 45 points. And I understand they did it against a defense that's really bad. And Ole Miss has had their struggles throughout the entire year. But, yeah, I mean, that this is not crazy to think that Georgia can go into and a team we thought, especially preseason, was much more talented, much more well-coached than LSU. And now, not so much. And if you have to hang in a, a fight with them for 60 minutes and with Joe Burrow, I mean, Tiger, Tiger, a bulldog. You know, we're gonna win that fight. Come on now. Ain't no such thing as a bulldog shark, Tiger. Tiger. Bulldog. I don't want to overlook. I don't want to overlook the Florida game, but I'm just saying theoretically, if there is the possibility that both of these teams are undefeated, I'm curious what the line would look like. Because if let's say, Four let's say just hypothetically speaking, LSU wins against Florida this week, and and UGA manages to muscle past uh, Vandy, um, which you know, come on, it'll happen. Uh, yeah. So if those two things happen, barring no major injury, what what would the spread of that game look like right now in Tiger Stadium? I I you, you know it's obviously going to be less than three points, but I don't even know who would, no. who would be favored in this yeah, one. Georgia would be favored by like between four and a half to six points. No. I, well, you know you what? S- double really? double time on that. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I don't know. On the road, I think that that's. That, that might be asking for a bit too much. I've, I've just been not that impressed with How many, Georgia the last couple weeks. What do you think the score weeks. would be in this game? Oh, if I'm predicting today? Yeah, predicting right now. Give me 21-20. Go Tigers. You think LSU would win 21-20? Yeah. Okay. I th- really, really thought you were going to say something like, I don't know, 27-21 Georgia. And I'm like, well, there it is. But no, I, no I'm, I'm sticking with LSU. That's a trap you didn't fall for. I appreciate no, I mean, that. So, yeah, I, I can see that. I like that double down. You want you do all three of yours, or you want me to do mine? Yeah, let's let's stick with let's stick with Georgia. Let's stick with the Georgia theme. I'll do my Georgia one, then you do your Georgia one. Mine is that Justin Fields is still not going to start a game in 2018. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, even though you were saying oh, the here we season, go. you're like, he's too talented. Connor, he's too talented. a lot of stuff that people don't want to listen to. It's fine. People don't remember most things I say, right? Hopefully not. Yeah. Hopefully not. Yeah, Justin Fields has carved out the the Tim Tebow like role where they like bringing him in yeah. in the red zone. They just like the rushing threat. I have no problem really with doing that. I have a problem with bringing him in to provide a spark and treating him treating the quarterback situation like a running back yeah. situation because I think they're vastly different. And I, I'm not big on the idea that Georgia was 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 kind of resorting to that right. in a moment where they needed some offensive life. But I, I still don't think that he ends up starting a game this year. That's obviously yeah. you know we're assuming Jake Fromm stays healthy. Yeah. Um, I'll say that UGA wins more than 10 and a half games still. 
which is their Vegas oh, season total, guy. which was, well, that, that was Vegas. Vegas is dumb. We learned that from South Carolina, <laughs> Kentucky, all right? You're dumb, Vegas. Vegas. I'm not, don't that? you say stuff like that. I don't need it. I'm riding a hot streak right now. I don't need you ruining this for me. That's true. You have some some good karma going right now. Yeah, Georgia's. I, I'd be stunned if Georgia didn't win at least eleven regular yeah. season games. Even though I do have the LSU loss predicted, I, I still think that this is a team that will surpass that ten and a half right. over under. Right. Uh, so let's let's look at uh, the team that we spent uh, kind of the first part of this. Not not really talking too great about uh, Auburn's not going to win nine regular season games. Uh, I'm going to say they still push. They, I mean, because Mississippi State doesn't look as daunting or tough as it, it once did. Um, but, yeah, that 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 means – I mean, they, they got that Washington one out of the way, so that was good. And when you look at their schedule, you're still talking about – they get Tennessee still. A&M, though, do they beat A&M at home? Here's the thing. Yeah, the, so that's the thing. I, I just think that because I'm assuming – Georgia and Bama are, I have those both penciled in as, as losses at this point. Going on the road with the way that they've started off the season, I'm not very confident in that. So we're already at nine and three right there. That's already, that's already the mark. Yeah. I think that the, there are opportunities to get tripped up. And I'm not saying that Ole Miss is going gonna, is gonna to beat uh, Auburn that's, just because I think Ole Miss gets better competition. Because that, that's still a tricky game. And given Auburn's offensive struggles right now, that's a game where if Ole Miss just hits him in the mouth and goes up 14-0, right. I, I know Ole Miss defense is really, really, really bad, bad, but Auburn's offense has been terrible. Terrible, and they haven't got—they didn't get 100 yards. Did they get 100 yards rushing last night. No, they didn't. It was the first time. I think it was the first time in the Gus Malzahn era that they went back-to-back games without like 93 yards. yards. Right, and the, and the other team was Arkansas. And now, granted, Arkansas—I don't know what the stats were yesterday, but like Arkansas going into yesterday had held their last three opponents to under 100 yards rushing, and that John Chavis defense. We know he's been around the league forever. He's a good defensive player. Yeah, but it was Southern Miss. Southern Miss Southern also Miss. had the eighth-ranked defense of, uh, what do you call it, the total defense or scoring defense in the country. Which I brought up on the, the pregame. But still, Here we go. I mean, you, Here we go. Yeah, sorry. There's, i got to get at least one in there. Come on, man. Oh, was that before or after you said that Kansas State was going to beat uh, Mississippi State? That's the biggest I, win your alma mater's had this year. <laughs> I don't know what you're Moving talking on. about. By the way, let, let the record show, I didn't go to Mississippi State. I've never even been to Starkville. I have no – I've – don't own any Mississippi State gear. Well, so anybody that tweets at me that I'm just a Mississippi State fan, I'm actually not. Did I, I just try made to a give bowl. you Mississippi State gear? Yeah, I think you tried to at, give like me a koozie at, or something. Yeah, I tried to give you a Mississippi State thing that I got for you <laughs> at Media Days, and it was from the Mississippi State alumni group, and I was like, hey, here you go. And I was like, I got this for you. And you were like, oh, all right, cool. And then I just watched you leave it, just like you and Duff also left those koozies I brought. Unbelievable. That's, Let's I'll double down that. on Let's that right that now. Happen. Um, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save the best for last, but I'll say that Jordan Still leads the SEC in touchdown passes and passing yards. I think that could that's fairly decent chance of happening. Yeah, I'd be Drew Locke is Drew Locke is the only one that could really I think give just the volume because if we're talking about his schedule and Emmanuel Sanders or Emmanuel Hall's out. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, yeah, I, I I'd get on board with that as well. But I, I still I, I'm I'm ha- I'm I'm. I'm dialing back my prediction that Ole Miss was going to have the the best passing game in the country because two games against quality competition, yeah. LSU, Bama, not so good. Um, not so good. Last but not least, Texas. Oh boy. I'm gonna. You know what? Screw it. Who cares? Let's just let's. Get, Texas gets the playoff still. Wow. So Texas, you're saying beats Oklahoma. On does Saturday. Texas does Texas get there with one loss? Yeah, without doubt. So Texas, you're saying. So this is what you're also saying by making that prediction. 
you are saying that Texas is going to become the first team to go 9-0 and in conference play as a Power 5 team, win the conference championship, and make the playoff. That is Connor, yet to happen. I didn't look into all the details of it or why it's supposed to be accurate. I'm just saying things on the soapbox. You know I love the soapbox. You do. You really love I it. I love soapboxes. That and so Texas or Washington was what you had. Yeah, but that's I me. Mean, Washington's getting in. That's not in question. We can do Texas or Washington. So Washington's going to get Washington in with, is, with one I loss would, or two. I would bet. I would bet almost anything. Washington gets in the playoff. If, they, if there's a if there's a way we could make a, I'll sing the Auburn fight song, or I'll Let's do I'll it. do something at the end of the year. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, we'll see that. And, I'll get War uh, Eagle tattooed on my forehead. No, I will not. That's crazy. Yeah, my face is. Crazy uh, let's. We'll get that. We'll get that clip cut up. Uh, so we'll have you on record saying <laughs> no, that. No, but I, I will. I will do something at the end of the year, because Washington's a, a shoe in. I strongly disagree with that. I thought losing that first game to Auburn because of the stat that I keep bringing up about nine game conference yep. schedules. It's a totally different story than it is for the SEC yep. and it is for the ACC. And these teams the always get tripped up at least them. once. Uh Stanford. Oh, they look good. They play Stanford. They lost by twenty-one to. Uh, yeah, they lost that in order game. I mean, it wasn't Stanford? like a. Do they play Stanford? I'm pretty sure they do. do you know, yeah, they play Stanford. Do you know where they play? Him? Uh, Seattle. I, <laughs> nope, that's not where Washington is. But. Yeah. They don't. They're not from Washington. They're not from Seattle. Yeah, no, but it's it's Seattle area. They consider themselves Greater Seattle area. It still counts. All right, we're moving on. We're moving on. We're moving on. We're not talking about Seattle anymore. Uh, overrated? No, no, I'm, I'm not going to say an overrated city. I've never been to Seattle. Oh my god! If Notre Let's, Dame gets in, there, I'm going to be really upset. Yeah, Notre Dame is the team that SEC fans hoping for a second bid uh, into the playoff for the second year in a row. That is the team to watch yeah. because, uh, as of right now, I don't think with the AP poll that came out today, I don't think Notre Dame has a single top 25 team left on its schedule. They play Vatech this week, and they're ranked in the top 25. Vatech snuck back into the top 25 yeah, the despite the fact that Vatech only. Three games this weekend that feature two ranked teams. Oh, so you can lose to Old Dominion and still be a top 25 team. Good to know. I know, right? <laughs> well, Old Dominion yeah. is beat East Carolina. Pretty amazing. Unbelievable. Wow. Uh, let's look ahead to, to week six here. We had some some opening lines come out. Not all of them come out. Yeah. Um, but just some some initial... Uh, some initial glances at at the slate that we got. A better week six slate, in my opinion, than what we had in week five. This, used to, be the, this used to be my absolute favorite week of the year. Um, first, for, first things first. First things first. Give a little shout out to our buddies at my bookie. Make sure you're still going over there using the promo code SDS. They will match your initial deposit up to 100%. Go on after 7 o'clock like I'm going to probably have to do tonight because the Falcons lost today. Cost me a little bit of money. So I'm going to have to go in there after 7 p.m., use the promo code SDS25, get my initial deposit matched up to 100%, and an extra $25. So there is that. Um, no, this used to be my favorite year, or favorite game weekend. Favorite week. Favorite week. Yeah. That's, that's the word I'm trying to use. I don't know word. You know, come on. <laughs> come on now. My, my favorite month. My favorite month week. Um, this used to be my absolute favorite weekend of the year, because a lot of times growing up, I think Bama was off that weekend, but it would be... Georgia, Tennessee, which I know just happened this week. Miami, Florida State. Texas, Oklahoma. Uh, LSU, Florida. These were all great games, especially in the late 90s, early 2000s, when I was just a young, innocent kid that didn't know what gambling was. I was just all hopped up on Dr. Pepper and a good time. Look at me now. Anyway, still one of my favorite weeks, I guess. 
You want to take it? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to see how you're going to get out of Just that one. I was like, where, where is he going? Eye contact. That's how I get out of the uh, No, we've, we do have some good ones yeah. uh, with uh, the Bama-Arkansas spread. <sighs> Bama's on the road, but that's still... What's, Bama, how, so how much is Bama favorite? six games. Here's the opening lines that have come out. And keep in mind, we're recording this at 5.30 on Sunday afternoon. Sunday evening, before supper time. Uh, Bama, 35-point favorite at Arkansas. Yikes. Oof. But, hey, shout-out to Arkansas. I brought this up on the Facebook Live and um, last week, I think, that that game against A&M that I thought they would cover, that was one of my favorite picks of the week, That's a, that game against A&M was a lot closer than, than people think. Yeah, give Arkansas a lot of credit because Arkansas has looked, the Arkansas defense has looked much better yeah. the last two weeks against teams that we thought would roll all over them. And credit Dre Greenlaw and those guys and John Chavis for actually getting some sort of life on right. that side of the ball because offensively they are still a mess in my They're opinion. Getting, but they looked a lot better. And Ty Story, I thought, looked really, really, well, he looked really good at times. At times. So, yeah, but the defense is actually going to maybe prevent them from losing a bunch of games 50-3 to three as we first forecasted at the start of But it looks like they're getting play. through the growing pains, which is good to see. And, like, I'm excited for this game. I think Arkansas will look a lot better than people think. I don't know about 35 points. We won't get into that. I'm mostly excited because our boy, Ty Story, playing quarterback, and my boy. my boy, Ty Story. And every time he throws a touchdown pass, which I hope he throws at least one this weekend, I say, this is the story of a hurl. Right? You guys get it? Because his name, Hurl a Pass. I hate myself. Moving on, other 12 o'clock game, Missouri goes to Columbia. From one Columbia to another Columbia, beautiful Columbia, South Carolina, Missouri goes to Columbia. They're a two-point underdog. Hmm. Yeah. That's, I guess that Vegas is weird with South Carolina. I cannot figure out what Vegas wants to do ever with South Carolina because I, I didn't think that there was any chance in the world that South Carolina would open as a favorite yeah. at Kentucky last week. Uh, but at the same time, then we talked two weeks ago about South Carolina only being a one-point favorite or one-and-a-half-point yeah. favorite at Vandy. I thought that was messed up, too. So Vegas I just like I, I should give the up. bar that winks at you and then you walk over to and they slap you in the face. Am I right, man? That's pretty good. That happens That's pretty good. all the time. Uh, That's pretty 330 good. 3.30 game. Oh, I can't wait for this. In the swamp. Uh, is, is this the – how many games in a row do they not play in Florida? Because the hurricane. Uh, this is just two, right? Yeah, just yeah. two because because the hurricane. LSU heads to Florida for the first time since 1984, and is a two and a half point favorite. That's a joke about the 1984 thing. But this is back in the swamp, two and a half points early line. That's interesting. I'm gonna jump all over that. LSU is giving two and a half, correct? I don't understand that. They're minus. There's a minus sign. Yeah, LSU is minus two. It's like two when and math half. got and the algebra came along. They started putting like letters in there. I was like, come on now, hell, man, I don't know. Come on. <laughs> If I want to go to a spelling bee, I'd watch. Anyway, moving on. Um, LSU, two-and-a-half-point favorite at Florida. Ole Miss hosts Louisiana Monroe, the Warhawks. 21-point favorite against a pretty good Louisiana Monroe team. I'm going to have to look more into that yeah. one because that, that to me, uh, I believe in the Ole Miss offense, and they, they should be able to put up a ton of points, yeah. but I, I, I'll have to look more into the Louisiana Monroe uh, offense, offense just to good. see. Uh, yeah. They, yeah. Ole Miss defense, not so much. Um, Kentucky. All I know is Louisiana Monroe was like a seven-point underdog to Troy the week after Troy beat Nebraska. So I was like, well, I guess Louisiana Monroe is good. So that, yeah, that's, that's, why that's I came to pretty that. much <laughs> how all group of five teams are judged by yeah. is, oh, can you? What, what do you do against that's Troy? Right. Because Troy's beat Nebraska and LSU. Um, Kentucky heads to A and M, the number thirteen team. Kentucky Wildcats, thirteen in the, the underrated country, cats. headed to College Station. They're a six and a half point underdog. Wow. Oh, Benny Sell's got some ammo. 
Man, uh, I love it. In Georgia, they have not released a line on that game yet. Um, I'm assuming it'll be between somewhere, I guess, uh, a High massacre 20s? and a half and a bloodbath. I don't know. High 20s? Absolutely not. It'll be over. Uh, actually, yeah, you're probably right. Probably high 20s. Probably at 26, 27. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's still because Vandy's defense is still, I think, improved from last year. So I think that Vegas is trying to account for that. Yeah. I, they're still probably thinking a little bit too much about the Notre Dame game. Yeah. But last but not least, Auburn. Three and a half point favorite in Starkville. Wow. Gosh. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. And this is interesting because this is like one of those lines where usually I'd be like, yeah, t- jump. This is the number eight. Like, just think about this from a ranking standpoint, Connor. The number eight team in the country. And, and I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Kentucky because they're ranked 13th. But the number eight team in the country, Auburn, is headed to Starkville against an unranked Mississippi State team, three-and-a-half-point favorite. An unranked team that's lost two games in, in a, row, a row, having scored one touchdown in eight quarters. Right. Yeah. That is, wow. That's weird. That's, that's weird. Vegas, you're silly. Vegas, Vegas is goofy. Uh, that <laughs> Man, can, can I not take – Repeated. I, I, okay. no, I, I don't up. even just know why I'm asking. You for know, this. It, okay, listen, it, it. I've gotten it too because I went on. I went on like before the Ohio State game last night. It was like Ohio State, they're going to crush Penn State. And Dwayne Haskins' bold prediction is going to be the front runner for the Heisman after the game. That was not. Throwing three touchdown passes. Yeah, he actually. looked good. That, those last two drives really saved his night. I'm glad you and brought the was, fact that my prediction was great. Yeah, that's all. I was by like. the way, that James Franklin call um, on fourth down. That's the worst fourth down call I've ever seen in the history of football. I've never seen – he called two timeouts to come up with that play design and decides to hand it off to Miles Sanders, who had 15 carries for 45 yards. By the way, Trace McSorley had set the Penn State record for total offense in that game. And the longest decides, run you know of his what? career. Yeah, had a 51-yard run in that game and decides, yeah, let's just give it to, let's give it to Miles Sanders and see if we can get him up the middle on a run. Reason, what? reason number 8 million that I hate Big Ten football and reason number – Nine million that I know I'm I'm marrying the right girl. When he made that call, Allie jumps up and she goes, "On fourth and effing five? And I was like, "That's Bay one. Yeah. What is he doing? I mean, McSorley. All we ever hear about, all you like, not all you talk about, but a lot of times you bring in the fact that he's a winner. He's just nothing but a winner. That's what that's what Franklin says all the time. You take the ball out of his hands on fourth and five. My I think God. I wrote after uh, that for for Saturday tradition why that. That play, I think, is going to be very tough for James Franklin to shake for a long time. Yeah. I know people people praise him for the job that he's done at Penn State, and he came into that game last night twenty four and three, going back to that that dating back to that Michigan loss in twenty sixteen. And we talk about James Franklin just because of what he did at Vandy, uh-huh. and he's known nationally around the country as one of these up and coming coaches. Yeah. Just signed that new deal last year; he's making five point eight million dollars a year, but. I have serious questions about his decision-making in big-time moments. They've lost four games in that stretch by a total of eight points. Yeah. And it's, it's all, it's all end-of-game blunders. And they've led, in all four of the, they've led in the fourth quarter in all four of those games. And I know this is, not, I know this is an SEC podcast, but like, you got to think. I mean, like, this is way worse than second and 26. This is, this is up there with the Kentucky-Florida game last year where you're not having 11 men on the field or not having anybody cover the receiver. This is a, this is a blunder and there's no oh, way to huge put it. This was a pathetic play call, in my opinion. And you and it's not even that. You get to the point, the fourth and five was BS. I'll just have to censor myself on that. But the fourth and five was after they were up what? 26 12? 26 14? They're up they're up twelve points, I think, with six minutes 26, left. Twenty six fourteen. At home and from hundred and nine thousand people. 
That's, 110, but who's counting? Sure. That is unreal. <laughs> but fourth and five, you take the ball out of your senior quarterback who is, oh, my, I can't. Oh, my God. Why did you do can this? You picture, can you picture if Saban had if Saban, if Saban had handed the ball off to oh a running, God. to not even Damon Harris, to not Najee Harris, Saban, had, it, it would be like if on fourth and five, he took Tua out to run like a run, like a speed option with Jalen Hurts, and then Jalen's like, I'm not pitching the ball. That's that's about what happened. It, you you gave, you, oh. I'm, I'm James Franklin could have run a he could have run a shotgun draw he could have run a quarterback draw with with a bunch formation and just said Trace try and get me five, five yards and he five. wouldn't have been and he wouldn't have been ripped for it but handing it off oh my you gosh had, you All had right. him play make like plays with his legs the entire night you had receivers come up and make huge plays the entire night. the catch the tight end made in the back of the end zone not to mention the pass but the catch the tight end made in the back of the end zone. You take the ball out of your senior quarterback's hands to hand off to a kid that has averaging three yards in a cloud of irrelevance for your pro. Get out of here! I'm I Benny am so mad right now. Uh, sorry, I said Benny Snell. Uh, yeah, Miles Sanders did come in like six in the country and in rushing into that game. Yeah, and he's sure very talented player, but yeah, he was your defense has sucked the diff- entire year, and you and you do that to get one of the best offenses in the country, and that's how you end the game. I'm ugh, what's gross. Let's move on to a different running back, and it might mean too much. It's our guy Benny Snell. You pointed this out on Twitter. <laughs> Benny Snell, I did not know this, has a stomach tattoo with Snell. Yeah, no, that's not his. Okay. Oh, that's not that's his? That's just a dude that sent that in. No way. Yes. Okay, I didn't know oh, this. Oh, yeah. This was it just kind of looked like Benny Snell's stomach, you know? Out. So this, on Saturday morning, Duff tweeted out something from SDS, and it was like, you know, the Snell, yeah, is a way of life. That's a bit much. And all of a sudden, unless somebody's real good at Photoshop, and I suck at it, so maybe, maybe he's not, like, real good at it. He just tweeted a picture of his stomach with a giant, like, Picture where Tupac had the Thug Life tat. It said like a cross, like an arch above his belly button. Yes. <laughs> Just like, first off, if you're a grown ass man and you're getting a belly button tat, you got some things we got to work on. And you got Snell, yeah. Whoo, that is a lot to do to get something tattooed on your body for a running back that's going to be in and out of the NFL in two and a half years. Wow. How dare you hate on Benny Snell that, like that? Like Snell, can you imagine if I had a Eddie Lacy tattoo on my stomach. Yeah, actually. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, I really like, could. <laughs> Eddie Money. Like, I don't, oh, that is. TJ Rich. <laughs> um, let's, I, I need to find whoever did that, by the way. I need to find that person and get the, the whole story behind that because that, I, I thought this was Benny Snell. I, really? I thought this was actually him. Connor, they, were white. they had a white stomach. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh, it was a kind of a grainy picture. Okay. All right. <laughs> It might mean too much. Maybe I should look more into uh, our tweets next time. Yeah. <laughs> I can't with you today. We're going to close things out. We're going to save five-star reviews for Wednesday. Make sure that you are watching Facebook Live every Monday night and Saturday morning whenever Marler decides to roll out of bed. Usually, like, what, 9, 30, 10 we o'clock? We did 10 o'clock this past weekend. It was fantastic. It was a great – it was yeah, actually – it, right. it was awesome. We had the most views we've had, like, the whole year. It's a lot of great fans. And I, I want to give one shout-out to the person that hit me up on Twitter because Uncle Chris went 7-3 and three this past week. Sick brag. Yeah. Uh, the only ones I've missed were all the games at 6 o'clock with Utah and the Mississippi State. But 7-3 and three, – and somebody was like, you know what? Stop talking about it and be about it. And it, and I love this dude. He's a super nice guy. He follows me on, on Twitter. Um, he said, stop talking about it, be about it. And it means stop posting 10 minutes before the game starts. Well, first off, thanks to my bookie, I can post and bet 10 minutes before the game starts. And second off, every Saturday morning, we talk about all the picks. 
10 a.m. Facebook Live. So make sure you're checking that out. Be there. Making you money one pick at a time. Make sure that you are following us on Instagram at Saturday Down South. Follow us on Tweet R. I don't know why I say that. Yeah, I, I, I say it like that every once in a while. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> at the SDS Pod. At C Marler SDS. At CJ O'Gare. I'm flustered, man. I, I, I had to read a couple of eulogies today. It's hard. Shit, it's man, really hard. Oh, Whatever. I'm just, this has been got an emotional it. day for us. You said purgatory and James Franklin. I got fired up. I got in my own feelings. I apologize for that. Uh, yeah, we're going to um, potentially have some news on Wednesday. We're going to work uh, on maybe having uh, a guest from, an S- from the SEC network. I'm still not sure exactly what that is going to be. Because it looks surprising. It's more fun. Uh, no guarantees on that. Maybe we'll have to wait later in the season. But, yes, make sure that you are following us on all those social media channels. And remember, the most important thing, Coach O, what must there be? I mean, Connor, it, it might need some more. But, look, you, you guys tune in on Wednesday. And they got a, they got a, 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 a person going to be on the show that's going to make you say holy mackerel. And that, and they'll mackerel Shaw, saying Shaw, Wobble Gun Shaw, Russian Shaw, Sauce Shaw, Cash Shaw, Brown Shaw. Cut it out! See you Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs>